This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Welcome to the program Warning with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. Today's message will be shared by Dr. Michael Hioto. Dr. Hansen's representative in Kenya. And in his message, he shares how it's important to be spirit-led in ministry with a right heart. Now, let's begin. Praise the Lord. You know, I've had some friends ask me, you know, how do you evangelize? Or, you know, you've led some people to the Lord, and how, how do you do that? And I, one thing I, I've said is that I maintain some friends and family who are not saved. <laughs> so I know people who aren't saved. And that's one great way to be an evangelist, is to know people who need the Lord. <laughs> Which is pretty much everyone needs the Lord, but I've been really blessed because when I got saved, I really didn't know hardly any Christians at all. And so I got saved, and then I just had this huge harvest field around me because all my friends, family, dentists, you know, people around me were, were unsaved. And so that's one thing that really can help you to be an evangelist is to know people who are not saved. Now, if all you do is hang around a few saved people, you know, it's hard to evangelize because <laughs> there's no message to give to, to bring people to the kingdom of God. I've also had another friend who asked me, well, what is it that you say to lead people to the Lord? He wanted to write it down, you know, what the recipe formula was on how to lead people to the Lord and how, how did, you know, do you do the Romans road thing or do you do this technique or that technique? And I'm like, well, you know, those are all great and those are all the Word of God and you do have to deal with sin and help people realize they're a sinner and all that. But I told him that, you know, probably the most effective thing you can do to evangelize is to spend time at the Master's feet. If you spend time with the Lord and love Him with all your heart, the more you spend time with Him, the more He'll guide you to say whatever it is that the person needs to hear so that they'll come to the Lord. It's more God saves, it's not technique. <laughs> so, so that's one thing I learned. And I'm not even preaching on this. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. I think it was Pastor EJ <laughs> got me on a tangent. So I, I'll try not to be one of those pastors that get way off. But I just want to share that to you because I do have evangelist heart. And I, I do have a calling from God to share the Word of God, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, He put on my heart that not all are saved, like I shared last time. And it's part of our calling, at least my calling, I know that He wants me to share the good news. 
so that people can be with him. And that's, that's the key. But I just want to thank Pastor EJ for uh, everything that you do. Uh, I appreciate Pastor EJ a lot. He's a great brother in the Lord to me, a good example for me, kind of like a, a mentor or a, an example to me of a godly man, a godly man with godly character and that bears fruit in his life. I appreciate all he does for me and all he does for Pastor Hansen and all he does for you and, and for WMI. Uh, he's a good man of God, and I just am so thankful for that. I just heard this story, and I wanted to share it because it reminded me of Pastor EJ. But there's a man who felt called by God to go into the ministry, to be a missionary. And so he, he went to his mission board and says, you know, I, I just feel like God has called me to take that step and to be a minister of the gospel, to be a missionary, and to work in the ministry here. And so um, they set up an interview with the man to inquire and to see if he qualified to be a minister with them. They set up the appointment the next morning, which was kind of difficult because it had been snowing all day and all night. Five o'clock in the morning, they set up this appointment. So he had to wake up really early to be able to get there on time. I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> and, uh, and so he, you know, he gets there at five in the morning. It's cold, he was tired, but he made it on time. And he waited. And he waited, and he waited, no one showed up. And he waited, an hour went by, another hour went by, three hours went by. Finally, one of the board members walks through the door, sits down with him. He goes, okay, uh, um, I've got a question for you. How do you spell the word dog? And the man goes, well, D-O-G? And he's like, yes, okay, thank you. And uh, what is two plus two equal? And he goes, four. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he said, four. And he goes, okay, well, I want to thank you for coming to the interview today. Uh, we're done for the interview. I'm going to have you come back next week, and we'll meet with the full board at that time. And we'll give you the results of our decision. So he says, okay, well, thank you. And he leaves, and he's a little perplexed. You know, I mean, he waited all that time, and uh, he's just like, well, you know, Lord, I don't know if maybe you called me. Maybe, maybe I didn't hear right or something. But... You know, I trust in you. We'll wait and see, see what happens next week. So a week goes by, and it was finally time for the, the meeting. He sits down. The entire board is there. And the, the man who interviewed him, uh, he stands up, and he addresses the body there. And he says, well, this is Mr. So-and-so, and he's applied for this. I've interviewed him, and I can give a hearty, strong recommendation that he become a minister with our group and join as a missionary for our mission. And he said uh, he's well qualified and he has fit all criteria. <laughs> and the man sitting there thinking, well, what did I, I didn't do anything. He just answered, I just answered two simple questions. And he's thinking, man, I, I just don't understand. And he goes, how did I fit your criteria? I didn't do anything. And the man says, well, yes, you did. And he said, First of all, you showed me that you exhibit the quality of self-sacrifice. As you woke up early in the morning on a snowy, cold day to get there on time for the meeting. You showed me that you had the quality of being prompt by being there right at 5 o'clock in the morning, right on time. He said, you showed me the quality of patience as you waited for me for three hours. You didn't leave and take off. 
you waited for me the entire time. He said, you showed me humility, humility, as I asked you two simple questions that any seven-year-old could answer. <laughs> and you have exhibited godly characteristics. You have shown me that you are well qualified to go into the mission field and to be a missionary for our organization. So I just want to say thank you and welcome. And I love that story. I love that story. And again, it reminded me of Pastor EJ because of the qualities of his life that he has shown me, how he has helped me, how he has been a friend to me, and how he's been patient. He knows how to wait and, to, and has that wisdom. And this is the very thing that God is developing in each and every one of us here in this ministry is to help us to grow and to bear fruit in our lives. Each of us, I know, myself included, has had an interesting year this year. I know that the enemy has been attacking us in different levels, in every way. And I do know that, for some reason, God has allowed it. <laughs> so I do know that we're all still growing. None of us is glorified yet. None of us has reached the end of our race. We're still here. <laughs> and so I just wanted to make that point because I'm thankful for um, Pastor EJ and for what he's done. I remember years ago, and this was, I, I think it was about five or six years ago. Of course, I shared with you last time how I felt the calling to World Ministries International and kind of how that happened. Yet, I know my wife wasn't really on board. She felt uncomfortable with the ministry. She didn't really feel called. She didn't want to you know, be a part of it. It was a difficult time for me. And I came to Pastor EJ one time and I, I told him about this. I said, well, I don't know if this is the right thing because it seems like you know my wife would be with me and she's just against it. And he says, you know what? Don't be discouraged. He goes, you just be faithful to the Lord and God will help you, and God will change your heart. I remember he said that at the time, and I'm like, there's just no way, you know, this is not going to happen. But I was patient, and he told me, just wait and give it time. And I did, and God changed her heart, and of course, you know, here we are today. But I'll always remember that he told me that. And I don't know if you remember that, Pastor EJ. You see, he doesn't remember it, but it was a great, great encouragement to me to hang in there, to fight the good fight, to be patient, to be diligent, to persevere, and God will work it out. To me, I just felt like God had given him a word of prophecy for my life at that time. And I'm happy to say that that prophecy has come to pass. And so, you know, maybe it's a little thing to him. He didn't even realize that the Holy Spirit was using him to minister to me at that time. But that's kind of what I would like to do today is I'd like to share a little bit about how each and every one of us is equally as important to the mission and the commission and the vision that God has called for World Ministries International. Now granted, each of us are different. We each are different members of the body. But each one is equally as important to the body because if we do not function in the fullness of what God has called us to be, it's going to affect the body. Yes. Amen. You know, if you're just a little toe, but the toe gets cut off, the body cannot function as well. It cannot walk as well because one little tiny member is not functioning. And so we need that. We need to pray for one another. We need to work together as a team. If one cannot do something, send another one out and we all work together for the kingdom of God. 
So that's what I'd like to share today. I have a short passage at the end of Ephesians, the last part of Ephesians 6 that I want to review with you today. But I, I did want to thank Pastor E.J. again also for reviewing Psalm 27 this morning. I, I thought it was really good. I, I had goosebumps on me because it just reminded me of so many Psalms. It reminded me of the heart of David and Joshua and people who've cried out to the Lord. You know, there's a passage in, in the Psalm 27 where he says, uh, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. There's just oozes of Psalm 23, right? I mean, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I just love that peace and that no matter what you're going through, whether you're even walking through the valley of the shadow of death, His rod and His staff go before us and that we will dwell in his house forever. Uh, that is just the sweetest, greatest thing. He, David also cried out and said, Don't leave me, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. And then at the end of the Psalm 14 says, uh, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. And it's just the heart of, of Joshua, you know, when he had so much ahead of him and so many things against him and he was scared to step in the shoes of Moses and to lead this great nation of Israel over a million people. And he, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he said, be of courage and strength. Be of strength and good courage. And God uh, reminded him that he'll always be with him. And so it's just very sweet. And it's some of the things I'd like to review today. So praise the Lord. I'm going to get some notes out here. I just want to encourage you to remember Jesus and to remember your relationships, not only with the Lord, of course, number one, and our relationships in our body at WMI, but all your relationships. Again, even maybe unsaved family members or friends, because who else will bring the gospel to them, right? So we need to be faithful to all of our relationships that we have. I like this Ephesians chapter. In fact, we were in men's prayer and I had a confirmation to review this end of Ephesians because it ends by him saying that we need to all pray for one another. And when I was talking to the pastor after the men's prayer, he was saying, you know, Mike, we really, really need to all pray for one another. And I was like, oh Lord, you know, I, you've just said that to me. And, and I've been kind of reading back and forth between Ephesians and Colossians. And they're just such a good twin book. I never really realized this before, but they're so much of both books are in each other. I mean, it's the same message, you know. I mean, a lot of the same things in Ephesians are in Colossians. And, you know, when God speaks the same thing twice, you should listen. If he says, verily, verily, uh, something important is coming along, you better like perk your ears up and pay attention because God is trying to help you to get something, right? So I'm really excited about sharing this. Ephesians is a great book. There's so much to it, you know, the spiritual part and that we're warring in the spiritual realm. You know, we need to gird ourselves up with the whole armor of God. The principle in both books about Jesus being the head and the church that we are the body of Christ and how important that is. I just was touched by that. I, I remembered yesterday how when it was my first year in, in WMI, someone in the ministry came to me and told me that they had a vision. And you know, at that time, I didn't even really know any kind of vision, what it meant or anything. And they said that they had this vision of Jesus and he was looking down at his body and he was weeping and he was crying over the condition of his body. 
that it was hurting, that it was dirty, that it was beat up, that it was worn out. And God is preparing to come back to His bride. And He wants His bride to be without spot and without wrinkle. And we all know that scripture in the leading verse of Ephesians 5, 27, that He might present it to Himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. You know, if we were without spot or wrinkle, the church around the world, Jesus would be returning. Right. <laughs> and we're not there yet. Right. And, and so there is much sanctification, if you will, that we need to go through as part of the body of Christ. I shared with you last time, my heart, the rhema word that I had received from God years ago when I was in the orphanage in Romania, James 1.27, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I was a little transparent last week sharing with you my experiences in Kenya and trying to work hard for the ministry and giving and serving and getting to a point where I was depleted with my energy physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. And I needed God. And God was there to fill me up. Because I, I would have to say that doing good things, working hard, working in ministry, giving to the poor, preaching the gospel, leading people to the Lord, these are all good things. Yes. These are things that we should be doing. These are the things that we want to be doing. These are things that we're called to be doing. Right? These are great. But the thing is, we also need to be doing the right things the right way, with the right motive, with the right attitude, right. and with the right source. Amen. Right? With the right Amen. spirit. Yes. Amen. The Holy Spirit of God. And that's the one thing that God is teaching me. That it is good to give to the poor. But you want to do it God's way. With Him. You know, like with God in it. Is God in what you're doing? And then it really doesn't matter what you're doing. Whether you're taping something, whether you're teaching, whether you're doing computer work, whether you're filing, whether you're sorting, whether you're stuffing mail, whatever you're doing, you're doing it as unto the Lord, right. out of love and relationship with Him, as His Spirit is the source behind what you're doing. Yes. And that's what makes the difference between what you're doing. That's how you, we can all work together as a team when we're united, when we're working, even in the gifts, all of the same Spirit. And that is the Word of God. And that is how God wants us to do, not only to do the right things, but to do it the right way and to do it to Him. I was ministering in Kenya, and there's this pastor from America that I had been preaching with, and, and one of his things was, you gotta be doing the right things, and you gotta be doing it at the right time. And it was a good message, but I would have to add to that a few other things, with the right motive, with the right attitude, with the right source, with the right spirit, because, that's the key. In many ways, it's kind of like in the days of old where the Pharisees were doing so-called the right things because they're of the law, they knew the law, and they're trying to do the law, right? They're doing the right things, 
per se. But they weren't doing it with the right attitude, the right motivation, the right spirit, right? right? The spirit of God. And sometimes I think even Christians today, and I get caught up in that myself, are doing stuff, but is the Lord in it? You know, are you just running around busy, 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 busy doing stuff? Or is God the one that is the motivation behind what you're doing and, and leading you and guiding you in it? And are you praying through it? Are you praying for others that are in it? And that's the key, prayer. When I was in, uh, in Kenya, this was, I can't remember, it was somewhat early on when I was there. And I had been running around a lot. I got there to Kenya, okay, I'm gonna do this and that. I got all these goals and I'm running around. And then one day I was uh, reading the Bible, I was praying. And I was just thinking, well, you know, I haven't really led anyone to the Lord. And I just felt like I hadn't really been connected with God that much. I mean, a little bit, but not like, not like some of the sweet times I had when I first was saved, you know? And I wanted that. So I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And I got invited to go to this outdoor crusade in a place called Kiboswa, which is near a city called Kisumu, which is in the western part of Kenya. And it's a, Kisumu is a big city, but Kiboswa is like this little place kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And I said, okay, well this time I'm invited to, to speak and I'm gonna pray about this. And Lord, if you're not in it, I don't wanna go. I want you to move, I want to hear your voice, I want you to lead me, I want you to guide me. I don't want to get in the pattern that I've been in before of self-reliance and doing things upon my own strength. And so I prayed and, and then Trisha prayed and we prayed and then she prayed for me and, and then I remember even as I was leaving, she laid hands on me again and prayed for me that God would move, that the people would be blessed and on and on. And so I got into the car and I took off and then all of a sudden I felt checked in my spirit. Just as I was leaving our house, I stopped the car. And for some reason, in my mind, I had these pair of reading glasses. And remember I was sharing you about the mission team that came from Medford, the Rogue Valley Fellowship team. They came and gave us a whole bunch of clothes and stuff. Well, in one of the duffel bags, they had a bag full of reading glasses that all of them were brand new. They still had the tags on them. And for some reason, I just felt prompted by the Spirit to run back to the house and grab a couple of those glasses. So I kind of hesitated for a second, and I said, no. I put it in a park, opened the door, I ran in the house, found the bag, which took some time, got some glasses, I ran back to my car, and I took off. Put the glasses in the back, and then uh, by the time I got there, it took, I don't know, maybe nine hour drive to get there, something like that. It was, it was a while. And finally got there, and they were right in the middle of their crusade meeting. And so there's all chaos and loud noise and singing and all that kind of stuff. And they always blare their uh, speakers whenever they play music. And I think every single crusade I've been to, the speakers have been blown. You know, I don't know why they do that, but they turn it all the way up and then, you know, everyone's just screaming and stuff. And so I got out and I completely forgot about glasses. They're not in, in my mind at all. And so I went to the pastor, his name's Pastor Naftali Adams. We were talking about the crusade. He wanted me to speak on the outdoor platform, and then he wanted me to show a movie, and then we were talking about where should we put stuff and do things and all that. And then one of his workers came up to him. He kind of looked sad, and he opened up his hand. He showed the pastor his glasses, his reading glasses. They were broken, <laughs> and the frames were bent. One of the lenses was broken, cracked, and out of the thing. 
And so, I mean, they're toast. I mean, there's no way they can be used. And of course, at that very moment, ding, <laughs> I remember I have reading glasses in my car and I asked him, are those prescription glasses or are those like magnification reading glasses? He goes, oh, those are reading glasses because I can't see, you know, I can't read words, small words. I, I need that to, to read. I'm like, oh, Pastor Naftali, come with me, come to my car. So we went to my car and I gave him the glasses and he goes, oh, the, you know, what a blessing. He says, me and my wife have been having problems, you know, we need these reading glasses and, and um, we share this glass. I go, oh, well, I have another pair. So I gave him two glasses, one for him and one, his, one for his wife and he was so blessed, you know. And, and I don't think he even realized, because I didn't get a chance to explain to him what a miracle it was. I mean, and, and to me it was exciting because it was like the Holy Spirit led it. The Holy Spirit guided the whole thing. It was God. I mean, all the way. It wasn't me. But I was sensitive enough for some reason to hear His voice and His leading. You know, I realized, you know, I think God wants us to be like that all the time. Amen. You know, Amen. we, we constantly you. need to be in prayer. Amen. We constantly need to keep our eyes on Him so He could direct our paths. So that we can be a blessing to others and we can be blessed i was blessed Amen. my faith was so high at that moment because i had seen god move and the reality of him was right there in what we were doing and so when i got on that platform i was preaching against <laughs> sin and preaching against allah and muhammad is not a prophet this is not the word of god and on and on and on and i was just going on and on and on and on and, and I, I just boom repent and and i said you know and finally at the end i said to any of you if you want to repent of your sin right now and you want to make jesus christ lord and savior of your life and you want to commit your entire life for the rest of your life to jesus right now I want you to come up. And there's this massive crowd of people. I mean, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, wow. Because I was, I was, you know, I would, didn't even know if a single person would come up. I was just amazed. And this was a, it was a move of the Spirit. You know, it was God. And uh, this location didn't have a church, a Christian church there. And so the pastor Naftali wanted to plant a church there. And what ended up happening is he started a church there the next morning. This was Saturday. And so Sunday morning, he was starting a church there. So I went all the way up. I got them all. Okay, we're going to lead you in the sinner's prayer. And then I called Pastor Naftali to lead them in the sinner's prayer in Kiswahili. And since he was the pastor, I thought that would be great for them to connect with him, you know. So uh, we did that. A lot of people got saved. And the next morning, I got to preach at this brand new church. I mean, they got a room of some lady had a house right there and cleared out the big room in her house and it was packed. I mean, there were people at the door and outside. And uh, it was just a blessing to see that a new church was born. I mean, I felt like the book of Acts kind of because, you know, it was like people are saved and a church starts in a home. You know, it was really cool. But um, I think God was also showing me that, you know, I was trying to do things on my own. And when you just step back and pray and look toward God, He's going to do it. Amen. He's going to do it. And, you know, and I believe that's why I have been going through some struggles of, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm just burnt out, you know, and I need you because that's exactly where He wants me is in a place of where I need Him. Yeah.
And I believe that our whole ministry is going through that, has been going through that this year, that we're in a place where we need Him. There's so many things that God has planned for this ministry, and I believe that we are very ripe in the season of where God is beginning to pour out the blessings that He has promised us. But we need to be in a place, in a position where we can receive that. And we're not going to be in that place if we're just running around working hard in our own strength. We're going to only be there when we're praying, when we're in the Spirit, where the Spirit of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are manifesting in us, and God then can just pour it out, and we're in a place where it can be done. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So anyways, that's a prelude to our message today. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, you can, that kind of preaches in and of itself, and I could go on and on forever. But um, that's how God's been touching me. And so I wanted to share this Ephesians 6 passage with you guys and maybe share a little bit of what God, you know, maybe a few stories from Kenya as we share this. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I call these moments which I got from a friend of ours, Pastor Wayne. He, he calls them God sightings or defining moments. And whenever God speaks and by faith you actually do what He's speaking to you, and then you see God move, it's kind of like an aha. And I call them defining moments. Those are important times in our lives that build our faith and help us to have the faith to continue on. And I'm just so excited. I'm getting re-excited just talking about it. But those are the moments where God touches us and where we have to make sure that we get it and that we hear and that we grow from these things. So I'm going to read from Ephesians 6, 18 through 24. I'll go ahead and read it. It's from the NLV version, New Living Version of the Bible. And uh, this is the first time I've ever read it from there. And, and I'm kind of a King James guy. This is my King James Bible. I've got all my notes and things in there and writings on it. I know where everything is. And when the scripture comes to me, I know how to find it because I know where it is. And, and it's hard to get used to new things. But I wanted to try something new. So I'm going to read the NLV version for the first time for, for me. So this is exciting. You know, it's hard to pour new wine into old wineskins, and so I am, I'm trying to be flexible and more relevant to my children and other things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. And pray for me, too. Ask God to give me the right words as I boldly explain God's secret plan, God's mystery, that the good news is for the Gentiles, too. I am in chains now for preaching this message as God's ambassador. But pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Tychicus, a much-loved brother and faithful helper in the Lord's work, will tell you all about how I am getting along. I am sending him to you for just this purpose. He will let you know how we are, and he will encourage you. Praise God. So Paul here is ending the book of Ephesians. Oh, 23. Peace be to the brethren 
and love with faith from God the Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, verse 24, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ. In sincerity, amen. Praise the Lord. So this is the end of Ephesians, and I wanted to speak to you on this passage because this passage has spoken to me recently. I shared with you last week that it's hard to give what you have not received. And so I wanted to give today something that I've received from the Lord recently. And I know I had a message last week that I want to talk about ungodly beliefs and the power of being set free from ungodly beliefs. And, and I was able to share with my children on that. And I was going to share today about that, but now I know that God, you know, He really wanted me to share this passage with you. Ephesians 18, 618 says, Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. This passage speaks about the importance of prayer and how prayer is, is so important. Now in this passage, how are we to pray? How does it say that we need to pray? Well, first of all, at all times, right? For every occasion. I mean, basically, we need to pray all the time about everything. Yeah. Everything that we do, we need to pray. And, you know, that's something that I, I realize, you know, I pray about some stuff that I classify as spiritual stuff. And then there are a lot of things I don't pray about that I classify as normal stuff, you know. But here Paul's saying we need to pray about all things, every occasion, never assume. If you're going somewhere, pray that, the, that God would be with you, that He'll protect you keep you safe from accident or harm and on and on. Everything you do is pray about it. But not only just pray about it like what I was saying, you know, when you go about doing work, but not with God, not as the Holy Spirit being the source, but doing it of your own strength, but even prayer. Don't do it of your own mind, of yourself. But pray how? Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's how we should pray. Pray about everything on every occasion and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is a key, praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Spirit of God is so important. When I was in Kenya in May, I think it was the last week we were there before we came back, I got an email from this lady named Diane Lasco. And she was visiting Kenya long-term as a missionary from America or Canada. I can't remember. I think it was Canada. And she emailed me and told me that she heard about me through Teletha. And I wasn't sure exactly how that connection was, but Teletha knew someone at her school who was related to her, and she was going back to Kenya, and she administered in Kenya quite a bit at this orphanage that the connection was made. So I'm like, well, you know, any friend of Talitha is a friend of mine. So I said, okay, let's meet. And I went to this orphanage, I met with her. I remember we were talking and talking and, and we connected spiritually. And it was, it, I just felt the, sometimes you just meet someone and you just get that in your spirit, you know, this is one of us kind of thing, you know? She started asking me these questions. Out of the blue, we weren't even talking about this, but she said, do you believe or operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And of course, I'm like, 
Hey, I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I can, I'll take whatever I can get of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I pray that God would give me more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And she's like, well, praise the Lord. She goes, I'm a Pentecostal. I'm from the Assemblies of God. And I'm going, praise the Lord. I'm a Pentecostal too. And, and so we, we had that real connection. But, but it, and so it was really one of those God things. And we spoke to the orphanage and all that. But we're then following it up, how important it is when you're in the mission field to be able to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Dr. Yi, my partner in my dental office, he asked me if it was okay if he gave my number and name and had me talk to this missionary that he'd been supporting because they'd been a couple years in South America somewhere and they're quitting the mission field because they're totally burnt out, they're you know, going through depression and they're having a hard time, they just can't take it anymore. So they've quit what God has called them to and they're coming back home discouraged. And so I started talking to Dr. Yi about how, how difficult it can be sometimes when you're a missionary out there and how very vitally important it is that you have the power of the Holy Spirit because without it, how can you last, right? Through anything. And I had remembered times where I felt weakened, physically, emotionally, you know, spiritually. And I remember one day I was, I felt dry. I felt like I didn't have any spiritual power. I didn't feel like I had the power of the Holy Spirit. I was taking a shower, I tried to pray, and I couldn't even pray. Words weren't even coming out of my mouth. And so I began to speak in tongues. And all of a sudden, I, it's just the more I spoke in tongues, it's almost like the Spirit began to just flow through me. And it was like being a, a bottle that had not a drop of water in it. And then all of a sudden, do, 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 you know, filling up the bottle. And I just felt strengthened. And I was so thankful. And, and then it occurred to me how important it is that we not only believe in the gifts, but that we operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the power of God that dwells within us can manifest itself in our lives and how easy it is for us to just quench the spirit and then we're working in and of ourselves and we get burnt out and discouraged and quit and all that kind of stuff so you know we have to remember how important it is here that we pray at all times on every occasion in the power of the holy spirit everything that we do the power of the spirit and if you're not feeling that power Speak in tongues, manifest the gifts, read His Word, meditate upon His Word. All these things, let understanding and knowledge and wisdom well up in you so that God can manifest through you and how important that is in our daily lives. So praise the Lord. And then he said, of course, uh, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians. This was the point that where Pastor and I were speaking yesterday after the men's prayer. How important it is that we all pray for one another. We need to all pray for one another. We need, as a body of Christ, to pray for all believers everywhere in all different countries, people who are suffering. I told Pastor, I was thinking about when I was in Kenya even, once in a while I'd be just doing whatever, driving or reading or whatever, and one of you would just pop in my mind. And I'd be, oh yeah, I wonder what they're doing. And I start to continue. I go, I better pray for that person. And there's a reason why that person popped in my mind. And I said, okay, I'm going to pray. I don't know what's going on with them, but Lord, strengthen them, protect them, bless them, whatever. Maybe they're going through something. Lord, be in it. And how important that is. 
for each and every one of us to pray for one another. That's critically important. And uh, that's one thing I appreciate about this ministry. When we were in men's prayer uh, yesterday morning, Pastor Hansen started praying for people, all the men that were there, but even people that weren't there and other men that weren't there. He was praying for this and that and uh, this person, that person, Andrew and, you know, and, and everyone here, you know, and all of us. You know, we all need to pray for everyone. We need to pray for all Christians, yeah. like the Word says. Amen. Praise the Lord. We need to be persistent. Don't quit. Stay the course. Help us to make a difference in the nations. And like Winston Churchill said, never, never, never give up. You keep being persistent in prayer for all things. So praise God. I could just go over this over and over and over again, but I won't shoot a dead horse there. So praise the Lord. Ephesians 6.19 says, And pray for me too. Pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words as I boldly explain God's secret plan that the good news is for the Gentiles too. So Paul here is saying you need to pray for Christians everywhere. You need to pray in all occasions. You need to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need to pray for me. <laughs> now, you've got to remember, Paul was writing this book when he's in prison, right? And there's a lot of things that he was dealing with. First of all, he says, so that he could boldly explain God's mystery, that salvation was for the Gentiles too, not only for the Jews. I mean, there's tremendous pressure. I mean, here he's got a long tradition of believing a doctrine that only Jews could be saved in all of the Jewish community, and now he has to preach against that. That's tremendous pressure. I don't know if any of you could relate to trying to preach something that's not politically correct. <laughs> I don't know if you can relate to that, Pastor. <laughs> but that's essentially what he was doing. And he's having difficulties. He's having problems. And he's in prison. He doesn't even have his freedom. And he's saying, pray for everyone. Pray for everything. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray for me that I could have boldness to preach the Word of God, that I can preach what's not acceptable, what people don't want to hear. You know, we are doing the same thing in WMI. We need to pray for Pastor Hansen. You know, I don't know how often you guys are praying for him, but really, you should be praying for him daily. He is the head of this ministry, and he is boldly proclaiming the truth even when it hurts, even when people don't want to hear it, even when it makes people mad and angry, even when it's not politically correct, even if it's a doctrine that people have believed traditionally for years and years and years and years, he's still boldly preaching the truth of the Word of God, just like the Apostle Paul back then, facing this humongous challenge of trying to cut through something that the mass of people, really, they don't want to take it. They don't want to hear that message. That's why he's praying, not that God would set him free from prison, not that God would make it more comfortable for him or bless him. What is he praying for? For boldness. He's praying that God would give him boldness so he could share the truth of the gospel. We need to pray for Pastor Hansen that God would give him boldness, that the lion's voice would rise up and proclaim the truth Amen. of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the nations. Amen. This is a small group compared to some of the big ministries out there. And we've got this call and this commission 
to change the nations. I mean, that's huge. We need to be praying. Amen. So let's get on our knees and pray. Be intercessors. Amen. You know, we've got the Soldiers of the Cross and, and the Gatebreakers Ministries. I mean, this is so critical and so important. Yes. You know, we need the Gatebreakers. We need the Soldiers of the Cross to begin rising up and to begin growing and get more intercessors, more people to lift up our ministry, lift up Pastor Hansen to the throne of God and say, protect this prophet. Cover him with the blood of Jesus Christ. Fill him with your Shekinah Holy Spirit power and give him boldness to preach the truth for such a time as this, to change the fate of the nations, to bring people and people groups to repentance of sin so that God's judgment won't come upon them and their blood won't be upon our heads. So, so important. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm getting off on my nose, but there's so much uh, are what God wants for us right now. It's, it's His voice speaking to us. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 6.20 says, I am in chains now for preaching this message as God's ambassador, but pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for Him as I should. Ambassadors, uh, we're Christ's ambassadors, right? I mean, we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And as that, we sort of, in a sense, we give up our rights and we are a representative for Him, yes. right? So as Christ's ambassadors, we're not speaking our words to people to get them to change. We're speaking the Word of God. We're speaking His words. We're representing Him, right? We're not making our own decisions and doing things our own way. He's our chief commander. We're His ambassador. We're doing it His way. We understand His words, and we're just basically giving His message as a representative of Him. Likewise, we are also an ambassador of WMI. You know, we are representing this ministry and, and Pastor Hansen. So when we are going out and about or going to other countries, like for instance, me in Kenya, when I'm in Kenya, I'm essentially an ambassador of Jesus Christ, an ambassador of WMI, and an ambassador for Pastor Hansen. I'm not there doing my own thing, speaking my own opinion. I am there representing Jesus Christ. I am there representing Pastor. And when I speak to groups or I'm speaking to churches, I'm giving a warning message. I am speaking for the ministry. I'm speaking for Jesus Christ. That's so important for us to understand the concept of what an ambassador is. Because it's not just me, each and every one of you, all of us. All of us are ambassadors. We're all ambassadors for Christ. We're all ambassadors for this ministry. Amen. We have to remember that. We need to keep that in front of us. Yeah. So when you're in the store, you're talking on the phone, you're receiving a call to the ministry, whatever it is you're doing, backing up a file or whatever it may be, we need to remember that it's not just the job. I mean, it's not a next window, please kind of ministry. We're all representatives of the Lord. We're doing it as unto the Lord and we're doing it as a representative and ambassador of God and of this ministry and for pastor. That's one thing that we have to be vitally, vitally important to remember that. Also in May, at the very end, we were just starting our Bible school, and we decided to hold a 5.30 class in the evening so that pastors and businessmen could come to the class. We were going out to meet this pastor to talk about the Bible school, and I intentionally brought in uh, these three other people that are working for our Bible school with me. So all of us went and visited this pastor. 
And we were talking to him about the Bible school and this and that and what, whatever. And he's like, on fire. I want to be there. I'm going to be there uh, this Monday at 530. I'm going to be there. And I said, well, great, because these four people are the ones that will be taking care of you. They will be there. They'll be waiting for you. And we'll see you on Monday. And so on Monday, I had to be a little late because I had another meeting. So I got there, not at 5.30, but about 6.15. I tried the front door and it was locked. I looked and the light was off. I'm like, what's going on? I went through the back door and the three others were kind of in the back. I'm like, what are you doing? And oh yeah, we're just, you know, working. I go, but the front door's locked and the light is off in the reception area. And they were going, oh, well, we, we didn't really didn't notice. I'm like, well, I mean, how come you didn't check? Oh, well, you know, I don't know. And they didn't realize what they were doing. And I'm like, well, you know, we were just talking to this pastor. He said he was going to be here at 5.30. And they just didn't think about that. And the reason I say it is not because these people are bad. They're great people and they're working hard. They got sidetracked, but they didn't keep it in front of them that all they're doing is as unto the Lord. They're getting task-oriented instead of organizationally oriented, big picture oriented. Gee, we just talked to this pastor, we better be ready for him and well, should be sitting on the reception desk so I could see him as he's coming up. They're thinking about why well, get stuff done, not the philosophy behind our Bible schools to get new students, you know, basically, and how important that is. And that's the kind of thing that we all need to manifest. We are all part of this whole thing. We all need to be a part of what WMI is doing. We're all part of the body. We all need to pray about everything and be ready for everything. That's one of the things that I wanted to share with you. And, and with boldness, you know, when the Apostle Paul was praying for boldness to preach the Word of God, that's something I think all of us also need to pray for ourselves, not only for pastor to have boldness, but that each and every one of us will also have boldness. Because we need boldness. Yes. We need boldness to do everything that we do, whether it's to be sitting on the front desk waiting for a pastor to come to your Bible school, whether it's answering the phone, <clears throat> whether it's asking a guest on the television show if they want to be a monthly supporter as a DVD supporter of the month, whatever it is that we're doing, we need the boldness to be able to do that. That's one thing that I'm personally praying for this ministry. I've heard that we're struggling financially and we want our finances to grow. And one of the ways to do that is to just, whatever you're doing, do that with excellence. Do that with forethought. Do that with not being task-oriented, but do that with the intention of, man, we got to get this ministry to grow. We need this ministry to be better in finances. Like in my dental office, there are certain things that we could do. Like if a patient comes in, we could ask them to refer another patient to our office. Does that take boldness to do? Yeah, for most people, it does take boldness to ask, hey, will you please refer someone to us? <laughs> you know, And the same thing with our ministry, the same concept. We need to be asking for boldness to have people become tape of the month, DVD of the month, to give a contribution, to get on the database, to be involved with us or whatever it is, instead of just having a nice conversation, take that extra step and try to get them that little extra level when the body was at the birth of the church and they were scared because Jesus had died and they didn't know what to do and they prayed. And one of the main things they prayed for was boldness. They didn't pray that God would take away persecution from them. They didn't pray that it wouldn't be so hard and they had to hide away or whatever. They prayed for boldness. And, and I have Acts 4.29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants 
that with all boldness they may speak thy word. We all need to pray for ourselves. We're all taught, right? I mean, assume everyone's doing that. Pray for yourself that God would make you a better husband, a better leader, a better pastor, a better father, a better person, a better son for Him. Pray that God will heal you and give you strength and knowledge and understanding and wisdom and anointing and the gifts of the Spirit. Pray for all these things for yourself, but don't forget, above all things, pray for boldness so that you could speak the truth, right? Because you, you all know, right? We've all been taught what takes away deception? <laughs> it's truth that takes away deception, right? And prayer, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer that brings change in someone's heart, that brings conviction wow. to a person, right? So if you're going to share with someone the truth whether they're someone calling or someone visiting or someone, a guest on the show or even someone on the street or a family member, whoever it may be, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit convict their heart and then pray for boldness for yourself so you can share the truth so that they can be set free from deception. That is so important. It's a principle that we need to apply each and every day. And I, I'm sure that if we did that, on a daily basis, we would see this ministry grow in power, grow in anointing, and of course also grow financially in every other way that we, we need it to grow. I have a few examples of where I've actually prayed for boldness and God has helped me. I want to give you a few examples because boldness in and of itself we need to get some definitions are, you know, because boldness could be speaking loud and strong and with conviction and force, right? Because when you believe something and you're bold about it, you're going to communicate it that way. But bold can be bold in other ways too, being not afraid to share the truth in however manner that God may have you. But just don't compromise by keeping your mouth shut or looking the other way. Boldness could be just simply confronting even nicely or gently or even quietly. Boldness to do what God wants you to do, to share the truth. When I was in Kenya, there's this big articles in the newspaper about this Christian sect that was teaching essentially these heresies. And I had a chance to preach and I boldly proclaim the truth of the gospel which went right against some of these heresies. And it's important. Maybe a lot of the church leaders saw that there are heresies, but it needs to be addressed. We need to share the truth that this is not the word of God. This is really a heresy of the truth. And this is the truth. And we need to be able to share that with boldness. Uh, I had another um, time where I was going to the South Bee Slum with the caretaker of our South Sea Mission House, Pastor Paul. And he was starting a new church because he was meeting in this other school and they were having some problems with them. So they just started renting this new little house in the slum and using it as a church. So I went to visit it and I wanted to see the place where they were at before. So I said, well, can I see where you're at before? He goes, okay. So we walked over there and he showed us and we looked in and the person there who was ahead of the church and school there came out and started lamblasting Pastor Paul, yelling at him. He was accusing him of telling me that that was his church. And he was accusing him of trying to take over his church. 
which was really strange to me because he was leaving it. He wasn't trying to take over it. Pastor Paul's being really polite and everything, and I think he was a little embarrassed because I was there, but the guy would not let go. He was being a total jerk, basically. And so I'm just like, you know, this is wrong. And I kind of just, I don't normally do this, but I, <laughs> I put myself right between the two men, and I just looked right into this pastor's eyes. I just started lamblasting the guy. I said, listen, I'm the one who asked Pastor Paul to show me where he used to be. You are accusing him of a lie. He is not trying to take over your church. And on and on and on, I just went through all the lies and the accusations. He was flailing against poor Pastor Paul, who's the nicest guy in the world. I just flailed on him. And you know, the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he just kind of meekly walked back into his church. But I felt like for some reason, God wanted me to do that. And he, by his spirit, just gave me the unction I mean, I didn't even know what I was doing. Before I even knew what was happening, I was between the guy yelling at the guy. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm not normally like that. I'm, I think I'm getting more like that. Maybe I'm becoming more like pastor. <laughs> Rebuking the guy, you know, but uh, it was the Spirit of God. It was God's Spirit that led me. It's not always like that. I want to just share two more little testimonies. I uh, was in California for a week. We went to a Christian camp and we were down there and part of the camp they, they give messages and then they have a small group thing and I was in a small group and we were all, you know, we've been sharing but by the second or third day I, I realized that there's this lady in our group that was 75 years old, white hair, completely white and she called herself a seeker. She was not a Christian and um, you know, I began to share truth and everyone else was in the group was trying to, to reach this lady. But it was clear she was not at a place where she was willing to take that leap of faith. And so finally, on the last day, I, I just basically challenged her. And I believe it was this Holy Spirit that welled up in me. And I challenged her in front of everyone in the group. And I went through, okay, now you, you say you believe that Jesus Christ is God. You say that you do believe that He died on the cross and that He was resurrected in three days, which is supernatural, and you know all these things. And I said, but yet you call yourself a seeker and you're not willing to take that leap of faith to commit your life to Him and to ask Him to forgive you of your sins and to do this. And I, basically, I, I then told her, you know, you could study or learn about Christian things for another 50 years, but at that point, you're still going to have to take that leap of faith to commit your life to Him and to believe in Him. I said, either you're going to do it or you're not. I'm not confronted like that. I mean, that was embarrassing because, I mean, this is for everyone, right? And I don't know why I did that, but, you know, it's the evangelist in me. I couldn't help myself. And the Spirit welled up in me. I didn't do it mean. I did it very, very nice, very gently, and very softly. And um, she said, okay. I said, well, if you like, you can hold my hand. And I'll pray a prayer. And again, it's not the words that saves. It's the Spirit of God that saves. But if you believe it, you'll be saved. You say it after me, and we'll all pray for you as a group. So we, the whole group, we all held hands with her, and everyone was holding her. And she began to commit her life to the Lord. And as she was praying, just tears were just washing down her face. And she started convulsing, and she was crying. And, and, and she was a changed human being. She was saved by the grace of God. And I believe 
that God himself was the one who did it. And he did it through me by giving me the boldness to say what he wanted to be said to this lady that nobody else there was bold enough to say. You know, we had a lot of ladies there and I was, I really wanted them to do it, but I was just, it was just one of those God things. So this old lady, she's gonna be there in heaven with all of us. And I praise God for that. And to see how the power of God works, the most amazing thing is, we got done with that and we came back up here and I'm trying to get some support as a missionary from this church called Lighthouse Christian Church, and which they did say that they're gonna support us, by the way. And so we're still working out how much that's gonna be and that kind of stuff. So praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Lord. But <laughs> so that's another story. But we went to the church and visited them. It was last Sunday. The amazing thing is on the last day as I was talking to her, she was talking about her sons. And she said, well, I have one son in, in Washington. I said, oh, really? That's cool. And she said her, his name. And I'm like, that wouldn't be so-and-so, because I knew him. This guy is a construction guy, and he had done construction project on my house when I lived in Bellevue. He built our deck and all that kind of stuff, and he had gone through this terrible divorce when he was unsaved, and he got saved and joined uh, the Lighthouse Church that we helped to start. And so this was his mother, who lives in California, who was at this camp, who was in my small group that I had the pleasure and honor of leading to the Lord. And I came back, and I, when we visited the church, he was there. He, of course, heard from his mom that she had been saved. So he's coming up, he's oh, my mom, thank you, Mike. And I mean, it was just so great. He was so touched and so moved. And it was just such a God thing. But it only comes by getting rid of the fear of rejection. Getting rid of the fear of man and letting the power of the Holy Spirit give you boldness to do whatever it is that God wants you to do. You know, maybe God hasn't called you to evangelize everybody or whatever. Maybe you don't know a lot of people who aren't saved. But God has called you to do something. Amen. And you've got to do that with boldness, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Even stuffing envelopes or even answering the phone or even working on the computer or even fixing a computer or whatever you're doing. Do it as unto the Lord. Amen. And then when someone comes up to you and maybe it's a visitor, maybe uh, someone's servicing something and you don't even know who they are and they come in, God could use you to touch this person or get them to be on the database list or whatever it is that God might want you to do. But I know that God wants each and every one of us to believe, to let faith arise, to move with the anointing and, and the power of Him that indwells within you and to let Him use you as a conduit to do whatever it is He wants to do in your life, in your sphere of influence, whether it's praying in the Spirit, whether it's praying for someone or laying hands or speaking faith or encouraging someone who's down. Or whatever it is, do it as unto the Lord. That's so, so important. Finally, I wanted to share another uh, quick testimony. One more time, I had prayed for boldness when I wasn't expecting it. And Trisha and I got invited by a bunch of our friends to go to this birthday party for one of our friends. So we went and one of my friends was there and she had been recently divorced like a year before and she's a Christian. So I'm just talking, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. I'm just kind of shooting the breeze with her socially. And um, she had a new boyfriend that she had been seeing and she was really, really sad because a few days ago he had broken up with her and she wanted me to pray for her that God would give her a godly husband. 
And so I'm listening to her story and she goes, yeah, and on this last day, I didn't know if I would ever, you know, kiss him again or if we would ever make love again. And then I just said, uh, uh, <laughs> just a minute there. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was, as she was sharing with me before that, I was praying, God, help me to minister to her or pray for her with boldness and all that. But as she said that, I thought, what, what, just, just a minute here. Now, you're, you're, a, you're a Christian, right? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, blah, 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 this and that. I go, well, you, you know, you know what the Bible says. Oh, yeah, yeah, blah, blah. And I go, well, do you know what fornication is? And she goes, oh, well, yeah, you know, when you're immorally sexually. I go, yeah, and what does that mean? And she says, well, yeah, when you're immoral sexually. I go, fornication is when you're having sex outside of marriage. And that's a sin against God. That's an abomination to the Lord. And here you're asking me to pray for you to God, to bless you with a godly husband, and you're in direct sin against him in the very area that you're asking me to pray for you about. And I mean, I said that very nicely, very gently, very quietly. No one heard of it because we were kind of talking by ourselves. And she's like, oh. No, she just, for some reason, she didn't understand. She didn't realize that it was a sin. Or she realized it, but she didn't care. I don't know what it was, but she's like, you know, it was like an epiphany. She's like, oh my God, I, I can't do that. I, she goes, I swear I will never do that again. And she, you know, and she repented. I said, well, now maybe I can pray for you, but I wasn't going to pray for you because, I mean, this is as clear as day. It's so easy. She goes, well, but no one has ever told me that. You know, and I'm going to church and... No one's ever told me. I just, I don't know why, but, and I'm like, well, now you know. <laughs> you, know you better repent. And so she repented. As far as I know, she has never done that again. She's still unmarried, but she's, she's praying. I told her to get more accountable, to find maybe an older lady that she could be more accountable to, because she wasn't in any kind of small group setting where she was accountable spiritually to someone. So she, she promised me she would do that. But the point that I wanted to make <laughs> is that we need to be bold enough to confront sin even when you know they're not going to like to hear it. I mean, she's a good friend of mine. I've known her for 20 years. But we need to do that. I mean, how could she go to church every Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and have no one share truth or, or discern? Have no one have boldness enough to point out the obvious. It's like the emperor's new clothes. You know that story, right? Or when I was a kid, I read that story. And, <laughs> and if you don't know it, but the emperor's walking around naked, basically, and everyone's trying to keep him happy. Oh, I like your clothes and this and that. And some kid finally just shares the truth and says, you ain't wearing any clothes. <laughs> and sometimes that's all the boldness is. It doesn't mean you have to scream and yell loudly. But I mean... Have the boldness to at least point out what the truth is, right? That's all it is. And you know, the, the irony is, that's what this ministry is all about. This ministry is going to a nation saying, you know what nation? You're in sin against God. And if you don't repent of this sin, God's judgment will come against you. And you're gonna be hurting and your people are gonna suffer. Repent of your sin. Turn back to Jesus Christ, and God will bless you. It's that simple. 
It's just like the story of the emperor's new clothes. That's why we need to preach for boldness. And that's why the enemy hates this ministry. That's why he's been attacking all of us so much in multiple ways, trying to fight us in all of our weaknesses. Amen. Why is he doing that? Amen. Why are we all suffering in multiple ways, in different ways? Because he doesn't want us to point out the obvious. He wants us to start looking at the wind and the waves. Get our eyes off of Jesus. Well, we need to get our eyes on Jesus and start working as unto the Lord in this ministry so that we can bring to pass all that God has called for this ministry. We are coming into a season where all havoc is hitting this nation as well as the majority of all the nations in the world. This world is changing. My kids and I, we just saw this PowerPoint on uh, the mark of the beast. They're telling me they're never going to take the mark of the beast. Right, kids? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, we're, we're coming into this season of change, radical change in the world. Are we ready? Are we doing everything that we can so that we're financially ready? You know, are we doing everything that we can to build up this ministry so that we're in a position to do what, what God has called us to do? Are we sounding the alarm, getting that message out? To the public you know are we on as many radio stations as we want to be are we on as many television stations as we want to be <laughs> or do we have enough money that we really need to do what it is that we need to do so I mean our work isn't done that's why we're still here so <laughs> let's go about doing the father's business while there is still time I want to thank you for letting me share I'm blessed by being a part of World Ministries International. I'm blessed by all of your lives. I personally have seen a lot of fruit and a lot of growth in each one of you. And I'm proud of you guys. And I know that the Lord is proud. I mean, you have shown yourself to be diligent and persevering. You guys are still here. But I just want to encourage you to pray for everybody, to pray for all things, to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, to move in faith, and to go about doing the Father's business. And let's see this ministry have victory. Okay, praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, well, God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. 
Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.